Oh man, that didn't feel good. That's you, you want to tell us what happened? So I opened the door, and I didn't understand that the door was uh, the door is is a very narrow, short closet door, and uh, and it turns out it's a lot wider than it looks because it slammed into my knee <laughs> surprisingly hard. <laughs> Terrible. Very good. Very good. It's a fantastic story. Fantastic story. I enjoyed it. Everybody, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 14. I'm Jason, and I'm here with Jared. That's me. And I'm here with Jay. Hello. And I'm here with the only non-Jay, Michael. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Well, not what I would have chosen, but all right. I'll go with that. Well, we've established this week that Michael is, in fact, blacker than me. He's very urban. We just keep finding when, that more. When did we establish this? Well, we just keep finding more and more that everybody's blacker than Jay. Well, probably, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> every every Sailor Moon reference takes him closer and closer to Michael Jackson. Kind of, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. That status. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking he about. He may have glitter on his genitals. For God's sake, someone get this. Well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, if he ever had glitter on his genitals, it's still there. Right, because you can't yeah, get that's, it off. That's, that's it never goes away. You can't yeah, get it off. You can get other things off, but you can't get the glitter off. Right. I mean, there was actually there was actually one Halloween that I went dressed as one of those Twilight vampires, so I just got some vampire teeth and decked myself out in glitter. It was in a very inspired costume. And here's the one thing I noticed. All the women in the room avoided me because they knew what that shit was. And they knew once it got on, it was never getting off. So, <laughs> huh. for weeks wow. and weeks and weeks, and I'm pretty sure I have some left. And this is from Halloween three years ago. Huh. I just want to bring something up quickly before we talk about games. Yeah. The Blue Light of Death, which oh, yeah, yeah. which is not that prevalent, actually. Some people making a big deal out of it, but if we can believe the Sony people, they say it only affects less than 1% of their total uh, shipped consoles, which is would actually mean that it is, in fact, a really small problem that's probably just well within the typical range of error that any console has mm-hmm. well i don't know if you were reading um it, it's particularly notable because uh man Pen- penny arcade did a great write-up today on on the playstation 4 and it's it sold a million units and that doesn't sound like a lot but when you consider that the playstation 2 on launch the most popular console of all time uh it only sold five hundred thousand. so it's it, this is like a pretty big record setter for for hardware sales Let's see. I guess they would have to, you know, put out 50 more generations of consoles before they work themselves up to the uh, error rate of Xbox 360s with the red ring, right? Well, and uh, I mean, it's early, so we still don't know what's going to be happening over time. I I don't know that anybody knows whether or not the uh, blue light is something that you can develop as as time goes on or if it's something where it just launched like that and that's how it is. You'll find Um, out when you wake up in the morning. I've seen a couple other reports of just kind of random hardware failures. Like there's a, a, a small portion of them that seem like they shipped with HDMI ports that were bent and people had to bend a, a piece of metal back into place to, to see the HDMI connector. Yeah. Um, just little stuff. But I, I think that it's just been a vocal uh, minority. Uh, mine hasn't given me any trouble. And nobody that I know that picked one up has had any issues. That's why you curse this shit though, Jared, because... <laughs> The second you say something like that, it happens in droves. I've noticed this over the years. <laughs> well, they, uh, there you go. 
take that console gods i dare you i dare you to blue brick my playstation well i was gonna say the uh oh why don't they call it blue bricking that would be pretty cool that's way better than blue light of death that's stupid I don't think the blue light of death actually like bricks the console though, doesn't it? Doesn't it just um like it can't interface with your TV or something? Presumably I, I something fixable. I, I don't, don't even know. Maybe it is related to the HDMI port. Then I'm not, I'm really not sure. That's what it sounds like. I've been doing a lot of video capture on the Wii lately, and I keep crashing it. Um, it it'll flip over to like a flashing red light every time I plug it into the PVR. So maybe it's something like that. Well, that's fun. Makes me scared to do some capture on the PlayStation Four because you already have to, you know, do some finagling to strip off the HD copy protection. And well, but you, I would never do that because I don't think that's uh, within yeah. the realm of law. You're, so, you're not a licensed repair technician. Yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to do what I'm going to do. Right. <laughs> Which I won't do. Yeah, not not in public. No. Now, any any PS4 footage that you see on our site was captured using only the most approved of tools. Camcorder. Whatever they may be. Camcorder. <laughs> Your iPhone. Cell, cell phone camera. <laughs> we actually have a lot of games to talk about today, oddly enough. We have enough. a lot of games to talk about today. <laughs> It's funny that it's funny that I just it's it's funny that I just hear Jay agree with me, and I already know like I can see into his brain what he's thinking about. (laughs) Really, because I can I can see into his room and know that he's probably playing it right now. (laughs) I was going to say because it's also my fault, but I don't care because it's a good thing. It's not like Cookie Clicker where you don't want the infection to spread, but it kind of does, and you just let it take it take you over. It's it's something that I think everybody would like to be infected by. All, all I'm going to say is that a lot of people bitched about the price tag, and then once I convinced them to buy it, they're like obsessed with it now. Yeah. No, no nobody will shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what game is this, gentlemen? Oh, of course, it's Project Zomboy. We're talking, about, we're talking about Along with the Queen. That's what you made me review this week, right? Oh, right. Project Queen-oid. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the bullshit you guys made me review. I mean, usually, oh, we, yeah. don't, we, usually we don't talk about alpha games on the podcast but it seems like it's necessary because zomboid is better in its alpha state than state of decay will ever be in its retail state let, let me let me rephrase that because zomboid is better in its alpha state than every game i played this past week <laughs> so i guess all the more reason to keep talking about it the, the question <laughs> is when we stop talking about it or when do we talk about it again because eventually it's going to be in like beta and then it's going to go through like six months of that, and then who knows I mean, when it's going I mean, to come are, out. Are we allowed to talk about it? Is it like under NDA? Or no, it's like wide that? open. There's videos all over YouTube and everything like I was that. I say anybody who wants it can play it, so I'd, I'd say it's fair game. It's funny because there are so many features missing from it uh, that you'd expect in a zombie survival game. Like, there's no NPC survivors yet, so you're utterly alone. There's no cars yet, so if you want to get anywhere, you have to sprint down the street. Oh, see, I, I was wondering why there were no cars. It was like, it was very eerie and suspicious, and I thought it was a gameplay decision, but yeah. that makes sense. It's supposed to come in later. And despite okay. the fact that it's isometric view, 2D, you know, your your character is very tiny on screen, it, it still somehow makes you feel creeped out or at least very tense because it just doesn't fuck around with you. And it's like, well, Instead, you're going to get bitten once, and then you're fucked, so... Yeah, I mean, well, it's got that fog of war going forward, so that you can't see 
in front of your face, then you can take certain stats to improve it, but yeah. something else is probably going to suffer to make you suck just as equally. I definitely had a few surprises in that game. I, I, I was I was I was shocked at how many times I was a little on edge, especially when you're exploring a new house or shop or something like that. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to open this closet and I'm going to be fucked. Um, pretty cool. <laughs> you get jump scares in the, the strangest of places. Like you open the bathroom door and you're like, well, I just wanted to go in and get some water out of the toilet. Nope, zombies in the in the shower. And they just, I don't know who put three zombies in the shower, but <laughs> that'll shock The music you. definitely doesn't help. It's got that kind of like old school... Here go the Bowlands and all this shit if the zombie pops up. So I guess the best way to explain Zomboid for people who aren't playing is basically just an open world survival game. And that's what State of Decay claimed it was. <laughs> this is much more that. It, it's, you know, you're dodging zombies most of the time, but you have to think about your survival in different phases. So you start out, it's like, okay, I need food and water. Where am I going to get that first? And uh, your first priority should always be finding a place that you're going to stay. Like, sometimes it spawns you in a really shitty house uh, that's just not defensible and has no features going for it, so you have to kind of work your way out and either find a better piece of land or figure out ways to improve your land that you already have. You know, and then you're just... I don't know, I, I think I think the first couple of survivors I made all bit the dust really quickly. And I had one survivor, um, this cop, and she did pretty well. And, like, I, I, I had started building up her little house. She had like a nice two bedroom house and uh, a little plot of land to build a garden outside. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start building up my defenses here. And the second day that I start really building up her land, a zombie bites me and she gets sick. And I look at her status screen and I'm like, oh, zombification. Well, I'm not going to become a fucking zombie. So I'm going to down a bunch of sleeping pills. And that's the end of this character. <laughs> well, sounds, sounds kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, it, that's how that's how it keeps you on your toes, though. Like everything that could possibly happen in that game is almost always depressing, and you're just like constantly fighting against it. So you know, you you go outside, and almost re- it doesn't even matter what the weather is like, unless it's just fair outside. It's like if it's hot, you're gonna get too hot, and then you're gonna get like a, a negative thing for that. And then if you don't get inside or take your clothes off or whatever to regulate your temperature, then suddenly you get fucked in that way. You might just be, I don't know, knocking down a door or chopping at a tree or something. And since you can't see behind you, you could just be minding your own business. And then a zombie comes up and bites you in the back of the neck. It's a game that just loves to take advantage of how arrogant or lazy you are. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like this that character that I did really well on, the reason I bit it was because I had killed one zombie and I started taking the door off its hinges so I can use it on my house. And then... Another one that I didn't even see coming for me just snuck up and bit me, and that was <laughs> that. Was that. Yeah. Um, you got to do the old 360 spin anytime you want to stop and do something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, it definitely keeps you alert at all times. I think, I think you, you said something about the game earlier, though, that I think really illustrated the difference for me uh, between Project Zomboy and, and State of Decay, because they have a lot of similar ideas going and a lot of you know similar kind of basic groundwork. I think Project Zomboy does a lot more to kind of make sure all its mechanics function properly. And I think the great thing about, you know, if your character gets sick or they get too hot or too cold or whatever, um, once you learn it, it's a little overwhelming once you see all those little icons at first. But once you learn the system, it's all very maintainable. So it's like, okay, I should eat now. And then 
I should go out and venture for a little while. And if it's raining, I should probably stay in the house and all this kind of stuff. Once, once so you I, know I, what you're doing, the only moodlet you should ever see off to the right is panic, basically. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. And your, your character's going to panic a lot because it's like, oh man, a fucking zombie. <laughs> but I, I think the key difference for me is in State of Decay, I would say half the time that I died, it was my fault. And half the time it was because the developers threw something at me that I wasn't prepared for. So there's one story mission where I died where some big special infected type creature basically got a one hit kill on me. And that was the end of that survivor. I'm like, well, that's not fun. But in Project Zomboid, every single time I play the game, each time I lose a character, I'm like, okay, I kind of fucked myself there. I see where I screwed up. I think that's what's more rewarding about Zomboid because at least, you know, that's the challenge. It's like, as long as I pay attention, I won't die in this game. And if I do die in this game, then it's completely my fault. The the last thing I would say about it, because we actually, we really do. I wasn't even exaggerating. We have like probably six games we could talk about <laughs> when I listed it all. But I, so the last thing I would have said on Zomboid is that when you go on and you keep learning more about it, you realize that you really have more freedom than State of Decay is ever going to be uh, able to present to you. So for instance, you'll eventually get the means to, you know, chop down trees, which opens up the idea of barricading and even building things. And you can get sledgehammers to, to knock out walls. You can, if you really wanted to, and if you had enough wood and resources, you could theoretically... Uh, build entire buildings from scratch which is like just amazing because you could if you live that long then you kind of get rewarded which is the other thing i like i I think state of decay continuously throws curveballs at you so that it's harder and harder to survive whereas in zomboid the longer you last the longer you're likely to keep going with the game so so what do you think about that (laughs) michael and and jerry that sounds like a game it sounds like a game Actually, I was curious. I don't know anything about the project, but just looking at you two talking about it on chat, are you playing together or is it just single player? It's just single player, but I think that's huh. the thing about the... I mean, they're going to inter- implement multiplayer uh, later on, but I think mm-hmm. I think each survivor experience is kind of like so unique that you can't help but share it. And, you know, Jason mm-hmm. is playing a lot longer than any of us, so we all go to him for advice. Like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> yeah, uh, Lawrence Price has already killed something like 500 zombies, so he's in no <laughs> danger of dying yet. Yeah, and, and I have I have Chateau Bubba underway, so that's fun. <laughs> Bubba Chateau in the mountains? Bubba Chateau in the mountains, my little plot of land, big gate Bubba, just building his gardens and his fences. With his teal vest. <laughs> in his teal vest. <laughs> What the and fuck we'll are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's devolved into what? <laughs> so, so Jay started out with his construction worker, right? And yeah, his name is Bubba, and he, his house was just filled with women's clothing and and strange, uh, flamboyant colored clothing. And so, I I think what the game's trying to tell him is. That, you know, he's either, like, a tranny or gay or something like that. So you might as well play it up. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, could, just, and- he could just be a major puss hound, and everybody who leaves <laughs> leaves some clothes behind. I don't know. It's open to my interpretation, okay? This is my survival experience. <laughs> <laughs> he's writing his own story about it. I, I, I write my own story for every character, all right? 
people look in the chat and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, this is my survivor right here. Don't judge me. <laughs> so it, basically, if at any time you see Jay s- s- like just randomly blurt out a name and say, she was a quiet girl <laughs> living home with her <laughs> mother and, and grandfather, and <laughs> you know he's playing Zomboid and you should probably just tune him out. <laughs> that sounds right. So, so you guys were playing Mush. So, ah, so, yes. so don't judge me. <laughs> I don't know that playing is the right term. <laughs> I opened a browser that had a game called Mush on it. <laughs> I guess, uh, should we talk about it? Sure, why not? Yeah. Yes. So, Mush is a uh, MMO of sorts. It's a browser-based game, and it's it's a game that's kind of more about giving you tools and then just letting you do stuff with those tools rather than a game where... You know, there's like, I mean, this has a goal, but it just, it feels less structured. It feels like a lot of the gameplay so far has just kind of come from people making that gameplay. There's no mission objectives. There's no real like instructions or direction. They just kind of drop you into a spaceship basically with 15 other people and say, go ahead and live. And the the catch here is that two of the people on the ship are infected with a, a unfun disease called mush. And they'll go around, their, their job is to go around and infect everybody else or cause the ship's destruction. And your job is to, well, I'm not really clear on what your job is. <laughs> Find the Cylon. I, I, mean, I mean, I guess the, the simplest way to explain it, there's a party game that I, you know, relatively like engaging in where two people at the party are the werewolf and the rest of the party is the village and the two werewolves are supposed to conspire with one another to kill or convert everyone else at the party before they're found out. And I think that's the simplest way to describe what mush is supposed to be. Maybe. Yeah, but <laughs> well, it sounds like I mean, yeah, something. you have the two guys who are trying to kill everybody, but then the game can also kill everybody. So, you know, you can run right. out of oxygen or food or <sighs> it's, it is very difficult to explain. And I think I think eventually I got so bored with the game. Like, I'm, I wasn't a mush, but I got so bored with it that I just started sabotaging my own ship anyway. <laughs> so I, okay, I guess... well, let's, let, let's describe it for the people at home who weren't playing. Yeah. The game... Me. Yes. Uh, the game has action points and movement points, which you use to, like, move from different areas in the ship and perform different actions. And, like, each of these actions requires part of your, or some of your action points, like, to cook food or to research new technology however the way the game works is you only get new points every three hours and you only get one so you really can't do a whole lot of anything now the more you play the game you find different ways to raise those levels like you can eat food get more action points you can sleep and get more movement points the thing is it's just it's very very slow like especially and i think the the tutorial kind of sets you up for failure because the game starts and it's like, okay, go here, do this. All right, now move over here and do this. And hey, we're being attacked by some spaceships, so go to this third place and shoot them down. And then when you get actually to start playing the game, like the first thing you do is walk into a different room and then you're done. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a, a cock tease a little bit because, like, yeah, you'll, exactly. You'll get a plan and you'll be like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go kill this guy. For example, you find another crew member, you're like, I'm gonna go kill that guy. And you get like two rooms away from him and you run out of movement points. And you're like, well, well, in three hours, I'm going to kill that guy. And three hours rolls around and then the guy fucking moves and you can't get to him still because you only got one point. But see, at least you had like something to do. I think I think part of it also depends on what class you end up being. 
like you don't really have a choice in um, which class you're going to play on the ship. It's basically a limited number of players. It's always 16 members of the ship, and depending on who's already signed up to a game, then you get a very small selection of players to choose from. So, you know, I got this the, um, journalist, Alicia, I think, looked very black exploitation. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it wasn't cool at all, because all she can do is print a fucking list of who the mush might be, and it starts out with some, like, eight fucking people, and it's not helpful at all. So I'm like, okay, now there goes my game. <laughs> to be fair, you can adapt to take on other roles. Like, for example, I'm playing the scientist, and then this morning when I logged on and it was revealed that Jared was the mush and we killed him, we were short of botanist, so I'm also now the crew botanist. So, <laughs> oh, good, because I had no idea that, how to... I had no clue how to do botany. So, well, like, I, I went into I'm the garden... I'm kicking its ass. I went into the garden and I chilled out for, like, ten seconds, and then I left and went and did other things. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's you kind of had to find things to do, because I know I'm the journalist, but I went ahead and I got on one of those gun turrets and started shooting down aliens because no one else was doing it and the ship is like the ship is under attack so i guess i'll do this i don't have anything else to do and then i tried having sex with another crew member and it wouldn't let me do that but it is an option has anybody succeeded in that i can't even get the sex button to activate (laughs) (laughs) might need a pill for that like i say i'm i'm getting into it the more i play it but at the same time i think i'd really have a hard time recommending anybody pick this thing up because it is like, if you played it for five minutes and then said, fuck it and quit forever, I mean, I wouldn't blame you. I think two things about it. I think, first of all, I don't appreciate that, you know, I got my character to level two and now they're like, oh, now that you're at level two, we're not going to level up the points unless you want to become a gold member. I'm like, I'm I'm not that invested in this game that I'm going to pay you money to level up. Well, um, so that's, that's the second problem is we know that there are premium features to this game that you can pay for because it's a free-to-play model. But we don't know exactly what those features are, and I'm very suspicious that those features give you a great tactical advantage against the other people that you're playing with, and that makes it mm. extra not fun. Yeah, because that, that, that means that means that you get hamstringed every three hours, while Joe Blow over there, who uh, paid him ten bucks, gets to run around and do whatever he wants. And I don't, I don't know the scope of the premium features yet because we haven't actually activated them or anything, but. Um, well, and, and keep in mind that 14 out of 16 people on the crew are all working together. So, you know, having someone who has extra abilities is going to help you out. But I mean, I know what you're saying. You know, nobody likes to be the retarded third wheel <laughs> party of, uh, you know, a bunch of winners. But you're, you're not the retarded third wheel. You're a regular person. And there's one rain man who busted his way in <laughs> and is, uh, you know, just whipping I'm everybody's ass. Law. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the game is a lot more, you know, since since players are either confused as to what they're supposed to do or because things take so long, I feel like the game is a lot more susceptible to griefing than any online game I played, and even more so than GTA Online, because then you get people like me. It's like, I'm so fucking war, I'm going to sabotage my own fucking ship. <laughs> um, you know, and I've, and I've seen it all over. It's like, you know, you go on the forums, everyone's complaining that... Oh, we have too many creepers sabotaging these ships. I'm like, yeah, because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just... I mean, I know it's just in the uh, the English version is in its beta right now, but the server that I'm on has actually been, everyone's been really helpful and helped me figure out what to do. Because really, I mean, if I were doing this without any direction, I would have quit pretty quickly. But uh, since people have been helping me out and kind of showing me how to play the game, it's actually been you know kind of fun. I, I think the major problem is the action point movement system. Yeah. 
utterly ridiculous. Yeah, that's the problem. Is so you want to learn this game, and it feels really deep, like really complex. Like you yeah, there's a lot going on. Can't do certain things in certain rooms because a camera might see it. You might want to hide an item from other crew members somewhere because you don't want them to come across it and want it to save it for later. You know, there's a lot of like neat stuff like that. But the problem is, is that you can only learn it in three-hour increments, and, and that's not right. You can learn it in in five-minute increments every three hours. <laughs> See, yes. I was busting you guys' balls about the AP because it's it really is like the most brain-dead way to add a cash shop to your game is by saying, oh, you can only do this, now you have to wait three hours. It's like, you, you can't think of anything better that doesn't like just boot you out of the game and say, well, come back later because for a lot of people, they're not going to. For a real-time strategy, like if you're if you're if you're playing XCOM or if you're playing you know Shadowrun or if you're playing um, a strategy RPG like Disgaea or whatever uses it still, that makes sense because you have to plan out your moves carefully. But this one just feels like, oh yeah, we just want you to unlock the premium features or you know I don't I don't see how someone's going to jump into this game and not forget about it. Like like literally, if you guys had mm. talked about Mush and reminding me it existed, I would not have gone back. I would on it already well and to be fair i don't know that the gold gives you any more action points but that's true and that's that's what i was going to say is like i said we don't know what the contents of the premium features actually are it seems like it it seems like it mostly just gives you more skills but i think Mm -hmm. those skills could potentially lead way to more action points i mean i can't imagine what else you really want to get in that game Um, well you know it depends like uh Right now, the reason I'm working on botany is because the ship doesn't have any food or oxygen, so we need plants to make oxygen. But well, and it's good. Just, hmm? <laughs> well, and I hope, yeah, I hope you uh... all fucking die. <laughs> I was, I was, no. Here, I'll, I'll tell you. Let's. This, this is a game where I think if you learned it, it reminds me a lot of Eve, where there's not really a lot of uh, of mechanics in place. There's just kind of a playground. And the, in, in a sense, mm. the players kind of make the game like Eve's economy is entirely player run. They don't they don't really do anything to, to change that at all. It just kind of handles itself. And so, like, you kind of make your own fun in that game. And this feels very similar. But so so I, what I was getting at is I imagine that if you get good at this game and you play it a lot, it probably leads to like some cool stories, you know, stories where you're like, yeah. oh, I was the mush and I was able to take down the ship in the last like two minutes or something by doing this or that. But the very first time I played, I I moved to to another room, and I think I ate like a fruit, and then I ran out of movement points, and so I just chilled out. And when I came back, I had been assassinated, so I didn't even make it one cycle. Well, and I was wait, killed. wait, but you that, were the mush. No, no, no. That was my first game. I played an yeah. entire game in the amount of time before you joined. Oh. <laughs> Um, which took a while because like I said, so basically I made these like two moves and then I sat there and waited three hours. And when I came back, I was dead. It was really satisfying. And it was even more frustrating when I was the mush. Cause I had a plan laid out like, Oh, I'm going to go infect somebody. That's going to be awesome. And I get it all ready and I, I get where I want to go and I run out of movement points. And when I come back, I'm dead. It's just, it, it totally, it is blue balls in a browser based form. It's getting me all excited, and I'm going to go, and then it fucking just comes in at the last minute. It's like, you know, actually, I'm tired. You you weren't being very discreet about it, though. I mean... You did tell, <laughs> you did tell, tell uh, Michael straight up that you two are on the same, same ship, so... And then he accused me of being the mush. <laughs> <laughs> did it work? 
No. Are they suspicious of you? <laughs> no, everybody knew that you were the mush and killed you. God damn it. I- I'm the mush. I-, I mean, I mean, he's the mush. I just said he's the mush. I didn't provide evidence. I figured it would be enough to throw them off my well, scent. You you asked or you said that after you asked like why did I get dirty for eating food? Right, that was a, that was a lie I came up with. <laughs> no, that was that was a lie I made up. Yeah, I you're actually, a terrible spy. I actually got dirty because I turned into I, I made a spore with my body, <laughs> but I decided I decided to pretend that I didn't know why I was dirty, and that would explain to them that that's by the way this all sounds probably very confusing to somebody who hasn't played. <laughs> That's how you can identify that somebody is mush, potentially, is because certain activities on the ship will give you a dirty attribute. And, like, so if you work on an engine, your character will get dirty and he needs to go get in the shower. And so, like... If you can reach the shower. If you can reach the shower. And that's that's the thing, is, like, I, the shower wasn't even remotely a consideration. And when I did get to it, I didn't have action points. So Well, you I'm, know, if you pick up the soap, you can use the shower for one last action point. Oh, well, that would have been good to know. But just just kind of an example of where this game could become fun is like after we killed you, we uh, instituted a channel or you know a, a thread on the you know channel saying if you get dirty, report in and explain why. Otherwise, we'll kill you. <laughs> that, that's just like you know something that was kind of off the cuff. Like we had to eliminate all those dirty mushes. So so I'm curious because I wasn't there. What gave it away that I was mush? I don't know. Probably when you, you accuse you me acting of being... like you acting so damn suspicious. That's what gave it away. <laughs> um, You're in the wrong neighborhood. We, 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 so what? What? What else are we discussing on this podcast? I, well, hold on. I just want to say one more thing about Mush. Is all right. Like I said, I I'm enjoying it, but I probably would say don't go ahead and don't go out and pick it up because like it needs something like either more action points or it should be on a smartphone so you can just kind of play it when you have a minute because. I have the luxury of being at the computer all day right now, but if I were to go do something tomorrow, I wouldn't be able to play the game and things would but go on without me. Or, or you would, nice. and you'd come back and you'd be dead. Well, yeah. That- <laughs> You'll probably be dead tomorrow. That's, that's, why, that's why I said the model for it, though, is basically an iOS model. It's like, this is how... Yeah, exactly. This is how cell phone apps make money. It's, it's not conducive to... Uh, I don't even think it's conducive to cell phone apps, but it's definitely not conducive to a browser game. Really cool idea. Not quite there, though. Here's a here's a recommendation. Uh, if okay. if you if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds really neat. Let me save you some trouble. F- make friends, some real life, some real life friends. Go to the store and uh, and find a copy of Shadows Over Camelot or Battlestar Galactica or Betrayal at House on the Hill. They're all board games, and they all have that same trader mechanic, and they're really, really fun to play, and they are way better than this because you don't have to wait three hours to do something. Or if you don't want to spend money, just write who the werewolf is on an index card and put on your forehead. Or you (laughs) could do that. Here's how you can simulate the experience. Go to the website, create an account, and then you don't get to play. <laughs> can, I, can I take a sledgehammer to this this disclaimer fest here that's going on? Both Please. of these guys are going to be talking about this game in chat in like an hour. So, well, I'm going to keep playing it because, like I said, I'm I'm invested now. But. I was going to say I'm 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 done. That's enough for me. I got cock blocked with my mush, and I'm just I'm done. Well, regardless, we're going to drown you out with zomboid if you even try. So, <laughs> should we should we talk about um? Oh, what's that thing that just came out? The um, the PlayStation, the the game station. I was trying to box. say it has games. Do you want me to tell you about them? 
yeah, tell us about Did you get things. that Jumping Flash or Battle Arena Toshinden? Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> Battle Arena Toshinden. How did you know? I had I had that on the Sega Saturn. I love that game. So it's fun. Don't talk shit on Battle Arena. I'm not. Good. Back off. <laughs> Good. Back off my dick. That was actually my first ever Japan anime. Is Battle Arena Toshinden. It's oh, not- it was a really bad one too. <laughs> Wait, is it is it based on an anime? Mm-mm. No, it's ba- the the anime is based on the game. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, like they they both have pictures. And- there's there's this weird era of like Sega Saturn, PlayStation One fighters. Like, do you guys remember Fighting Vipers? I remember hey, Fighting Vipers. That shit was good. Or Virtua Fighter. Or I think there was Fighters Mega Mix, where the Fighting Vipers met the people from Virtua Fighter. <laughs> Sexy. Anyway, let me tell you about the PlayStation Four. Um, yeah, what's going on with that? Because I, I picked one up, and uh, I picked up a, a few games for it. It's having a launch that I think is really just kind of, it's everything I expected, which isn't necessarily a good thing. We've, <laughs> we've talked about this multiple times on the, on the podcast, and the moral of the story is, why release a good game for your new hardware when your new hardware is sold out no matter what happens? Like, there's just no need. It's, it's tricky because all the developers who made games for it probably never had the actual hardware they just had dev kits and so like you know qa and stuff like that can get tricky long story short i picked up um i picked up call of duty ghosts so i've been playing that i picked up uh kill zone shadowfall because you join playstation plus you get two free games in the form of contrast and Resogun. i chose to skip knack because everybody agreed that it was bad and i i felt like another review saying it was bad probably wouldn't mean anything so I skipped that one. Either way, all in all, it's pretty lackluster. Like they're not none of the games that I just labeled are very good. Um, Resogun is probably the best, which is bad because it's an arcade double stick shooter. It's kind of like Geometry Wars, except you're. It's hard to describe, but you're you're on a cylinder kind of plane basically. So um, it, it's kind of a transparent background that you're on, and you can think like a like a star fox level where except you're just flying around the outside of of the battle level that didn't describe it very well but (laughs) no (laughs) not at all either way a lot of people are uh kind of calling resogun the playstation 4's like killer app and like the thing that's gonna make you pick it up and uh really I, i really think those people are kidding themselves like you you know it's good it's cool but no, no, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just nah. kind of nifty. Killzone has uh, some of the most like jumbled, not jumbled. What's the word I'm looking at? Killzone is very melodramatic to the point that it's just, it, it is some of the sloppiest, like just heavy handed exposition ever. Um, you start out the game as a little kid, which is almost always a bad sign because that means that you can't do cool things. Uh, and you you go with your 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 papa to escape this uh, this city that's under attack. And um, guess what happens to your dad while you escape the city? Can anybody guess? He I'm turns sure into fine. Doge. He escapes safely and lives a happy life. You got yeah, it. He, he retires at old age. He, yes, he he goes nice. to Sunshine Land. No, he gets uh, he gets shot. Pretty pretty good. This, these aren't really spoilers. <laughs> Wait a minute. He got person. shot in a game called Killzone. I don't believe yeah. it. Well, he gets killed. You could say. And in so some then, kind of zone. and so then, the kid is inducted into this elite army of of soldiers, and and he's you. You're that kid. Um, Hooray! 
And I mean, like just sloppy dialogue and like this, this, uh, this guy who's your mentor. I still remember, I'll never forget this line from the intro. It, it, it's meant to like, like I said, it's just, it's bad exposition. And so what's happening is you've been captured and uh, by the enemy and it like cuts to your mentor saying, I don't need to tell you what'll happen if you get captured. And then he proceeds to tell you, he's like, they'll, <laughs> they'll torture you in front of everyone and humiliate you and make you beg for your life. And it's so dumb. Like, why did you bother? Why did you tell me? But anyway, uh, right now, Call of Duty would get the better grade in my book uh, if for no other reason than it let me shoot things faster than Killzone did. But they are both really bad with exposition. Call of Duty's got a really lame opening, too, where, like, you're just some rich kid in California and you get inducted into a super heavy military group, this elite squadron. And all that you've seen up until this point makes you look like you just wear V-neck t-shirts and drive around in a Range Rover. What about Doug? Doug is not featured. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Doug in Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> his, na- his name is Riley. And oh, Riley. there is literally a part where you... Where you uh, so I... I don't really understand how we can reconcile this. Black Ops 2, I know that you guys don't really play Call of Duty, but Black Ops 2 went to some weird places, but I feel like Ghost is going to some even weirder places as far as like what, what kind of tech is available to the characters and stuff like that. Somehow, you can take over the dog's body and move around as the dog. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's lit- just like the Navy SEALs. It is literally you taking over because before you do it, your your partner will say, all right, sync up with Riley. And you pull out oh a computer. You, <laughs> you pull out a computer. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, that or Animorphs. You sync up with the dog and then you move around as the dog. And I was, I was so excited because there's literally a part at when you're the dog where you have to distract somebody and get them to come over to you so you can kill them. And it, it it says on the screen, press square to bark. And it was so precious. <laughs> it's just so precious. There's a part that really disappointed me where you um, where you gas the enemy. You you open up a door like partway and they don't see you and you toss tear gas in there. And your your partners make a point to mention, like, put on your gas mask before you do this. And I was really excited because the dog was with me, and I was really hoping that he would get a precious little doggy gas mask. <laughs> And he doesn't. He just goes in with no mask, and he's fine. So I don't really know what kind of dog this is. Dogs are immune to all poisons and gases. You know this, right? I mean, I'm actually Except really chocolate. serious right now. If you are listening to this and <laughs> you know whether or not dogs are immune to tear gas, please write me back, because it's really been bugging me ever since it happened. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure the rule for animals is this. It's like anything that can fuck up a human can fuck up an animal even worse. Oh, and please don't tear gas a dog to find out. <laughs> Um, so I don't understand why they had to have some BS Japanime sci-fi sync up with the dog. Why can't you just be the dog? Like in Grand Theft Auto. Well, like you're just a dog now. Yeah, actually, Grand Theft Auto did a lot better. No, this dog's like a robot dog, kind of. And like I said, he's obviously not affected by gas, because uh, he doesn't get a mask. It reminds, it reminds me of those, like 1980s cartoons, where there was always like some kind of awesome cybernetic dog that went ahead and did all the action shit. He's a so really... Is his code name like K-9? <laughs> no. No. There is a, there is a part... There, the dog is like the most badass person there. He's not a person, but he's, he's bad. 
There's a part where where Hesh, the person that you're with, that's your brother, I believe, Hesh, he knocks out a window and the dog jumps through the window, runs around to like the other side of the house, and instead of you breaching a door like you normally would in a military game, uh, the dog like busts <laughs> through the door oh, shit. with like four people on him. It's a badass motherfucking dog. Are like, there any raise the woof jokes or anything? There there are God. For being so ridiculous, for being so ridiculous, this is this could not be any more straight face. Like they're totally serious. <laughs> like, like who the fuck did they hire to write this? Did they did they write the guy who did the Red Dawn remake? I didn't even tell you the main plot. So, like one of the first missions, you're in space. Matter of fact, the first time you get a gun, you're in space. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're an astronaut. Makes sense. Pretty standard. You're you're living on a on like a battle satellite. Okay, a battle It's not called battle satellite. It's called Odin. Uh, <laughs> and the Federation, who I'm still figuring out who exactly the Federation is. The Federation is every South American country and decided they're going to take America back. Is that is that what it is? I, I that's okay. So the Federation <laughs> comes to Odin in space. I don't really know how you sneak up on someone in space, but they do. Like they're just on your <laughs> ship all of a sudden. They're like, "Hey, we're here and we're shooting you guys." But either way, they they roll up and and there's like this big zero grav shootout, and it's it's kind of cool, but it's also it's just like the main game. Like it's just it's really dumb. And Call of Duty's always been kind of dumb, and, and I like that in a lot of ways. Like I, I like it being dumb. I like seeing like the Eiffel Tower fall over in front of me and weird shit like that. But. Uh, but yeah, either way, uh, Call of Duty better than Killzone because I got to kill sooner. I do you want me to talk about contrast or do we care? Um, I, well, only because I kind of cared before. So I mean, what else do we have to talk about besides contrast? After think, after contrast, I can talk a little bit about mutant muds, and then I can tell you. Oh about yeah, the queen. About oh yeah, do do you actually have something to tell me about that? I mean, I did play it this week. That's, that's I think that's we need to get right? some audio content out of him because. Really, this this was too long in coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, l- let me. T- so, so the other game that comes for free with PlayStation Plus, like I said, is Contrast. Contrast is. Uh, I-, I wrote the review, and it's on the site. It's a. So I won't talk about it too long, but it's a really cool premise that just doesn't feel like it had enough time in the oven. Like it just it didn't have enough time to bake. Um, it's got a lot of uh, performance problems. There's frame drop in places where I can't possibly figure out what could be dropping the frame. There's a lot of like sharp corners that your character will just kind of grab onto and, and get stuck. Uh, there are so many times where I got stuck on scenery and, and stuff like that in the game. But basically, the, the idea is you're, you're this little girl's imaginary friend. Not imaginary, because you're, you're real. But, um, so her friend. But you kind of eavesdrop on her life essentially, and and you find that her she's living so in a in a she, she's living <laughs> in kind of a, a broken home. Uh, her daddy has has been kicked out by mom, and uh, her mom's like a burlesque dancer. And uh, you go you basically like follow this girl as she kind of tries to reunite her family, and it's a it's a really easy story to figure out like how it's going to go and what's going to happen. But at the same time, it's it's interesting enough that you'll. You'll probably finish the game to see what's going on, I guess. Um, but the the hook is that Don basically moves around in a 3D plane, but if you move up against a wall where you can see her shadow, then you can pull a trigger on the controller, and you'll become a shadow on the wall, and it changes from a 3D perspective to a 2D one, and then you can 
basically go through like kind of these 2D platformer sections. So you might not be able to, to cross over a pit, but if you turn into a shadow, you can balance on like the shadow of a clothesline that might be going across the pit and climb over it that way, if that makes sense. But like I said, the, the problem with the game is that you just you get stuck on fucking everything. Um, there's a couple weird like presentation things where the game has no music unless you're close to like a building where music would actually be playing. And that's kind of a cool dynamic, but it just makes a lot of the parts of the game feel really weird because there's no sound while you're jumping around the levels. And I don't know. It, like I said, it, it needed more time in the oven. It, it's not not up to snuff. So it feels like it was basically just trying to hit that PlayStation 4 release date. I think so, but it's weird because it, it came out on PC, and I actually think it came out on PlayStation 3, too. So, um, And maybe that's part of the problem, too. It's As far as I can tell, it's this dev's first game. Um, it, multi-platform and with a new console launch has got to be tricky. But uh, And so maybe I can be forgiving that you couldn't optimize for the PS4. But like I said, there's a PC port that sounds like it has most of the same problems. So... It certainly know. looks like it would be a fun game to play, but uh, yeah, it's a cool idea. It's a cool concept, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just not not great execution. If you're picking up a PlayStation Four, I would say I can't really think of a game that I would recommend. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is, if you're picking up a PlayStation Four, don't. Kills Killzone looks the best. So if you just want something to show to somebody and be like, look at how cool this looks, Killzone looks pretty great. Like that's a that's a pretty game. Uh, Call of Duty looks pretty plain. Um, nothing else has really been amazing. I, I guess if you've been missing out on like Assassin's Creed and Battlefield, Battlefield looks friggin' great. It sounds like it's got some technical problems as well. I, it's it's one of those things where like if you if you can get one, cool. But I don't know that I would be like crawling over people this holiday season to to snag one. Which may be why we haven't gotten a stab watch update yet. <laughs> yeah, it actually. I have to say for. Being such a big launch and for moving so many units, it went off pretty civilly. Like it sounds like nobody tried to kill anybody for it or anything like that. Nobody. Well, that's because you found that awesome advice online on how to handle launches. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that article on how to how to be safe when you get it. Now this yeah. this uh, this Xbox launch on Friday. This that might be that might be scarier. I guess we'll see. So I I'll, mean, I'll I bring mean, a gun. Yeah, exactly. Plain and simple, bring a gun, bring a knife. That's what his advice said. I'm pretty sure that was actually not what the advice said. That is what the <laughs> advice said. It's like you need to you need to be ready for self defense, you need to have a knife on you and be ready to fight. That's that's what the advice actually said on this on that you linked. It was the mid midnight launch survival kit and it's it uh, one gun. And he was like, bring a fucking knife. I'm telling you, this was the advice. Well, no, I, like, I, remember, I remember seeing that on the thread, but then everybody jumped on the guy's shit and was like, don't bring a knife. And then he took it out. Yeah, that's the So thing. don't bring a knife. Oh, so knife. don't stick to your principles. That's good. <laughs> don't defend yourself, they said. They said, let, the, let other people oppress you that's, and that's keep you down. That's not what you're saying. If you bring a knife, someone's going to end up dead or in jail. Don't bring a fucking knife. Yeah, the person it's who's not- trying to take your PlayStation 4 is going to be dead. And your Xbox One is not worth all that. Yeah, I guarantee it. Well, that's just because you didn't play Resogun. It's so, a killer app. <laughs> so, so here's your advice: is killer app worth killing? Let this person steal your property, but then even if he's going to let you go, volunteer for him to kill you anyway. Some of my advice was at all. That is exactly what you said. That is the most beta advice. <laughs> 
Okay. All I all I know is if you come up to me on on Xbox one day and you're like, "Give me your Xbox," you're getting maced, you're getting shanked. I saw it in Halo, and I'm gonna tell the news that too. Teabag your corpse. Halo taught me this. We got this one locked down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll be getting an Xbox too. Uh, not an Xbox Two. They haven't released that yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We will be getting an Xbox One too, as well. One yes. also. There you go. So what, what have you been playing, Jason? Project Zomboid. Oh, fucking shut up. What else? <laughs> um, Mutant Muds Deluxe. Oh, that's right. What's that? So Mutant Muds is a game that uh, came out on 3DS uh, first. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. It was a game that I guess was built specifically for it, not really uh, keeping in mind that it might go cross-platform because the main uh, focus of the game is that it, it's a 2D platformer and you can actually jump backwards onto like the sort of parallax backdrop, and there's basically three planes of the of each level. So you can jump backwards, you know, you can jump from backwards to the middle, and then from the middle to the foreground. And um, it, it effectively triples the size of the stages without making them, you know, literally longer. It's a pretty simple game in the sense that um, basically just imagine the the simplest story that you ever played on an NES game, and it's that. So as soon as the game starts, you're through the story in about 10 seconds. It's just like you and your grandmother playing video games or watching TV or something together. And uh, then a meteor hits, and then you go outside with a water gun and shoot at mutant muds. So what, what is a mutant mud? I don't know. It, it oh, is, it, <laughs> is it mud? It, it is made of mud, hence the water gun, which kills them. And uh, it's just mud with eyes and, and mouths, and they're... Sounds like a mutant mud, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... I, 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 did, I did enjoy how delightfully old school the game looked watching the trailers. Yeah, it's not just how it looks, though. And that's, that's the real thing, is I was surprised how hard it is, because... Like, like Contra, or... Um, I've always thought of Contra as hard, maybe I'm a wuss. I don't know if it's contra hard. It's it can be, but for the most part, it's just old school hard. Like you, you know, you just get thrashed from time to time, and sometimes you'll get at a point where you really can't get past this one stupid thing because you suck. And uh, I experienced that a few times. Like there's some levels that have ice, and the ice is really crippling. So you try to run across the ice from a standstill, and of course it takes you like five seconds just to get, you know, your acceleration going. And then once you do, it's almost impossible to stop without jumping and like using your jetpack to um, sort of slow yourself down. And then they use that in the most asinine way possible. So, you know, you'll have to go through this corridor which has these like hammers with faces that just like keep slamming down from the background to the to the middle area all lined with ice and they're basically like it's a hammer and then like a like a one meter gap and then another hammer then another gap and then another hammer and so you're trying to slide down the ice which is hard because you're waiting for the hammer to just barely go up so you start your running there which takes you a while just to work up the speed to get across to the next gap and right when you hit that, the hammers slam down. But you also have to make sure you jump and like use your jetpack against the ceiling so that you stop moving. And I got caught in that thing for probably like 
three different lives I lost just fucking around with that. Here's the important question. Here's the important question from what you're describing, right? And this is probably the question for every game we've talked about, not just this podcast, but a couple of the previous podcasts. Is it fun? It is fun, and the reason it's fun is because there's a lot of instant gratification in the form of just by the fact that what you're actually doing is you're collecting these uh, like little squarish coins, and as long as you hit a checkpoint or beat a level, it saves how many coins you've gotten and specifically which coins. And there could be like maybe like a hundred of them in each level. And so when you go back to that level, all the coins that you've gotten are all gone. So you can kind of just repeatedly sweep through and clear them, which gives you reason to go back to each level. And if, and that and the fact that I think they're, there's some sort of timer which if you beat a level quickly, you get... Um, uh, each level has like a doorway that goes to it, and there's two diamonds above each door. And I think something to do with the time makes one or both of them light up, which puts a light on these four like bonus doors or something, which could be boss doors. I don't know yet. I haven't played that far into it. But there's not a lot of mobility and... So you can run, you can jump, you can use your water jetpack thing. Using the jetpack feels a little stiff, so you jump up, and then when you use the jetpack, it almost feels like it jolts you downward a little bit before it lets you maintain that height. So it doesn't feel as good as I think it should. Um, and then there are a few things that I don't think are necessarily fair, like there are some spots with uh, disappearing platforms that, you know, disappear and come back and you have to like jump up many of them and they appear and disappear so fast that unless you have like this mathematical plan to jump up them, you'll never get up them. So I, I probably failed at one of those points like five to 10 times. But it sounds like that old school reasoning. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the old school. Here's something almost impossible can you beat it? <laughs> like, you should know. be punished for wanting to play this game. Yeah. There are checkpoints, so, you know, you don't get entirely fucked, just just half fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the moving back and forth thing works pretty well. Anything that's not in your current layer is sort of blurred out. And some enemies actually jump forward into your layer to get to you which scared the crap out of me the first time it happened. (laughs) So, you know, you'll see like, you know, like the thwomps from Mario, uh, they have something kind of like that. They're like these big rocks with faces and they'll be sort of lingering in the backdrop. uh, And you'll, you know, run across this gap, not realizing that that thing actually jumps forward and slams down into that gap. And that's how you learn not to, not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So does the ability to jump back and forth, does that add a lot to it? Because, you know, kind of looking at it, it didn't look like it... It looked like an awfully simple game, but, you know, even just adding a mechanic like that seems like you could add a whole lot of... Not depth, necessarily, but, you know, kind of spice things up. Does that does it work well like that? I've been in about six different levels so far. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing about the moving back and forth is that it has to be done on specified pads. So you need, a, mm-hmm. you need an up arrow pad to jump to the back... And you need a, a forward or a down arrow pad to jump forward. And so far, there hasn't been anything like puzzly or anything like that that would say like we really need this feature to be in the game. And you mm-hmm. can probably have the entire game without the feature. See, I think I think I think the thing though, like 
for a game like that and a game like Contrast. I feel like when people make platformers these days, they're not as focused on the mechanics and puzzles because it just feels like they resort to one gimmick. It's like, oh yeah, Sonic moved fast and then Mario had costumes, so they had their gimmicks. So everything we need to do needs to be a fucking gimmick. And I think that's kind of part of the issue. It's like, yeah. oh, what's the gimmick? And then we can make a straightforward platformer. It's, it's definitely, that's definitely the gimmick. And that's also why I feel like maybe... I mean, it's a fun game, and uh, I don't know how much it costs, but um, I think it, I want to say it's nine ninety nine. Yeah, um, I guess that I sounds, could be wrong. If it is, I, I guess that sounds about right. It's just that it, it's obviously built for the three DS, as far as eye candy is concerned, because I imagine it looks really cool just to have that depth on the three DS. Yeah. Whereas yeah. when you're playing it on the PC, obviously it's nice to have you know the the sort of depth of field blur and all that, but you don't really get a sense of depth. You just know that you're in the backdrop and it's not that impressive, mm. but it is, it is different. So it's pretty straightforward. It it doesn't control very, in a very complex way. So, you know, you just, you can run, you can use your jet pack, you shoot water. That's <laughs> about it, but it's fun. It's well-made. So sounds, sounds like good, clean fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very good, clean fun to clean mud. <laughs> <laughs> and be killed by mud. Oh. <laughs> Jay, I understand you were a pretty princess this week. I was a pretty princess this week. I mean, more so than normal. More so than usual. So there's a little bit of background that goes with the story of how Jay ended up playing Long Live the Queen. And frankly, I think it's divine retribution. Started on a drunken bet. <laughs> 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 no, but it, it might as well have been. Okay, well, here's what I don't get, okay? You you said you wanted it. I did not say I wanted it. <laughs> no, he said he wanted us to review it. <laughs> he said he wanted For two it. weeks, he would chime in at the most random time saying, Hey, why don't you play Long Live the Queen? You will <laughs> enjoy it. Review this, it. Okay, all right. And well, then we make him do it, and what does he do? Well, okay, so, yeah. So, so Jay wouldn't shut up about Long Live the Queen for days and days and days. And, you know... I don't want to upset the developer who might be upset if they hear us talking like this. Right. But, but at the same time, you know, it was kind of like, it's it's a, definitely a game made for the more Not female us. audience. And so we were kind of like, eh, it would be funny. And I mean, Jay was like, it would be funny. And then I was like, okay, how's this for funny? And then I actually got a promo key for him. And I was like, now you get to play it and you get to review it, asshole. Well, you didn't tell me you didn't tell me what the promo key was. I just Right. I, wrote I, it I in gave you a blind and key and I <laughs> <laughs> But the, here, here's the thing. The thing is I find games and or or someone else finds a game and I know it's gonna get under someone else's skin, so I'll 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 link it a little incessantly. And so I didn't get I why, didn't get a follow why, up here. That's why. You gave it a fucking four. If I gave it a four. Why are you playing such a victim if we made you play a game that it sounds like, for the most part, you enjoyed? You really did well, want it. I no no because this is it 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 was kind of um a four earned due to certain circumstances. It's 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 like when uh, Jared played uh, not 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 Jared. It's like when Jason <laughs> played Rainblood Mirage or whatever it was, or when Michael played Adrian Odyssey. It was it was, it was going to get a lower score for me. And then I realized, comparatively to which genre, to other games in this genre, some of this might be my own prejudices against kind of the visual novel uh, group. Because I don't actually like visual novels. The only one I've ever liked was uh, Phoenix Wright. And even that, 
you know, it's questionable whether or not it's a true visual novel or not. All the other ones I've played, I've, I've kind of hated, you know, and, and, and I haven't played many, I think like 999 uh, or whatever it's called for um, the DS. I hated that game. Kind of was Shoujo, which that's guaranteed to get a safe mail because a lot of people love that. It's some kind of international effort between a bunch of perverts that wanted to fuck disabled girls. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I hated that game. And, and so there have been a ton of visual novels that came out and all that kind of stuff that I just didn't enjoy. And I, I was playing along with the queen and I had to take a second look at it. I'm like, you know, compared to its genre, this is actually a much better experience than some of the previous stuff that I played. I, let me do disabled girls not deserve love. <laughs> disabled <laughs> girls deserve deserve love. Fine, and and I have nothing. Wasn't there a lifetime movie about that? What did you say? I, I completely. Wasn't there a that. lifetime movie about that subject? Maybe there's probably a lifetime movie about. <laughs> what you want to be about? Uh, keep talking. I'm looking it up. Okay. Uh, are you serious? Or is actually a lifetime movie about this? Pretty sure. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's go. Let's get back to Along with the Queen. And but see, that's a, that's this, this, is a, this is a great point because the other one that we kept bringing up was fucking a Cherry Tree High Comedy Club or whatever the fuck it is. And and my friend Saul had decided to gift that to me and a couple other people and be like, "You guys should play this game." And I started playing the game. It was fucking awful to the point where I'm like, you know, I, I was originally thinking of doing a bait and switch review between that game and Pokemon and giving it to Jared. And that was another visual novel, and it was a complete fucking waste of time. I'm sure it was programmed in RPG Maker, um, which no, is not a real engine, so we stick that in your ass. You know, and so Cher- Cherry Tree is a great example of what a terrible visual novel is. So, you know, on, on that scale, uh, Long Live the Queen kind of did a lot of things, especially kind of for uh, an indie developer that I, I think compared to the, what I've had to compare it to, it was, it was better than what it should be. And it, it got a four, it got bumped up because I was going to give it a three, I was going to give it an average, and then I realized that probably my own prejudices against it were coming in. I think there are a lot of ideas in there that worked relatively well. I think, I think the only major flaw of the game was the stat system. You have something like a billion stats in that game, and you have to take classes. You can only take two classes a week, and depending on your mood, um, that'll boost your points anywhere between zero or if like in a, in a in a mood that impacts that stat, it'll raise it to twenty five or whatever it is. But game something like thirty seven or thirty eight weeks, and you can only take two classes a week, which means um, you have all the stats spread that you need to do. At the end of every week, a story event will take place, and depending on your stat spread, it'll the game will check whether or not you're going to pass that story event. Um, and oftentimes, what happened because there are so many stats, you would fail a lot of the story events. You know, and it got to the point where there's a quote-unquote final boss that, that can happen on a visual novel, and you know there are only so many ways to beat them, and you need a very kind of exact set of stats or or, or combination of different stats. And it didn't leave for as much variety as the stat point system kind of suggested. I think, you know, the other, the other thing people complain about was the music. The music didn't really get on my nerves, but, um, you know, it's definitely a game where you might want to rock your own soundtrack. The graphics are what they are. It's a visual novel, so I don't expect a lot in the graphical department unless you're Phoenix Wright or, or Capcom or something. Um, you know, and they, they did what they were supposed to do. It's like I got the point of the story of the cross. There was just no fucking clipping through rocks like State of Decay. 
And I think the story itself, it's like, I, I think for kind of what you present it, you're presented kind of like sugary shoujo anime type little girl. And you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be cute and, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, you know, the story is kind of like surprisingly dark. The story does some neat things where depending on how you've engaged with other characters and how your stats are set up, where the story will change a little bit. And I think at least to have that kind of nonlinear progression was kind of cool, um, even though things often end up in the same place. So it felt like overall the game did a lot of things right. You know, if you guys ever fucking do this to me again, I will get revenge. I'm really, really scared Shut of when you <laughs> really scared of when you get me a free game. <laughs> Shaken. Also, by the way, there was a Lifetime movie about it. It's based on a true story, and it's so terrible. I don't even want to talk about it on the podcast. Please, please tell us. Please tell us because you brought it up, and you can't leave the viewers hanging. <laughs> Who does it star? Uh, Ali Sheedy. Ali Shitty. <laughs> well. All right, we're probably going to have to take this out. At least I hope so. So, in the affluent suburb of Glen Ridge, New Jersey, members of the football team are considered gods. So when a mildly retarded teen is raped by a group of... (laughs) (laughs) What a twist. God, what a what a politically correct podcast we've made here. Yes, yes, That's yes. Cool. The last thing I want to say about Long of the Queen because it, it, it did come up and because Why are you so quiet? Me? Yeah, get closer to your mic. Where are you going? It sounds like you're leaving. <laughs> no, I'm right. <laughs> the mic's in the same fucking place, so it's just is that any better? Yeah, that is better. What are you doing? Whatever you're doing, keep doing that. Yeah. Anyway, the la- the one thing I I do want to mention about Long with the Queen, you know, because this was on the developer. His <sighs> website, and because good, good story, Jason did bring it up. And up my, what? What? <laughs> you cut out for like five seconds. There. <laughs> Long live Jason Internet Connection. We have to be able to do better than this. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so long live live the Queen. A or B? Yeah, give it an A or a B. I'm giving a fucking B. Yeah, B. I I do know you you brought up something that I I do know a little bit about, which is um, uh, knowing that something is good to someone else, but knowing also that it's not necessarily good to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, like I mentioned, Resogun earlier, which a lot of people really really love, and I think that some of those people are just making up for the fact that they just bought a PlayStation Four and there's nothing good on it. Um, but I also think that some of those people genuinely think it's a great game and have played it a lot more than me and dumped tons of hours into it and found all this replayability. And I can see that it's well-designed and I can see that it's well-made, but for me, it's like an hour and I'm good. Like, that's that's enough. I'm done. And I think that, I think that's a good point because I, I want to bring that back to both of the games I reviewed this week, along with The Queen and State of Decay. I, I recognize that there are also a lot of people that loved fucking State of Decay, but the difference between the two games is State of Decay is just kind of broken on every level, where if you're really looking at Long with the Queen, there's not too much that's really too off about it. So I think, I think it's like, you know, if you can look at that and decide, yeah, it plays effectively, but it, and it's also not massively broken, then <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, think, I think that needs to kind of weigh in as well. All right. Good times, good times. Apple pie. 
What? Huh? This podcast stressed me out so much. I'm going to have to go do a couple of hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the way to deal with your problems. Just a couple lines of coke. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about aside from mush, Michael? Or I guess it's, mm. just, it's just been Tomb Raider for you, huh? Yeah, just catching up on Tomb Raider. <laughs> it, it's good. I, it's good. They could have tried at least a little bit with the story, but the game is fantastic. So, you know. I, th- I think th- I think there's a difference between story and plot. I think the story is good. I think the plot is just miserable. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah. you're right, you're right, it's fair. Like when I thought that my hot dog was delicious, but that my meat tube was disgusting. <laughs> there's a there's a fucking That's difference a... there, okay? Don't don't get don't get cheeky with me. Yeah. Right? I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go drown some fucking LSD with whiskey or something and forget this podcast I'm at. So, Jason, can you use any of this for the ending of the podcast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I'll talk. You ready for me to talk? All right, you, let's do a real take. You speak words to me. All right, well, hey. Hey there, party people. No, I'm just um, I don't think we have any... I don't think we have any... any <laughs> shut up. I don't think we have any uh, shout-outs or anything like that uh, to, to issue today. So go out there you, and make some shout outs. Yeah, go out there and give me something to shout about. If you uh, if you listen to the show, if you liked it, if you were horrified by it, you know, feel free to write us an email. You can reach us at contact at enemyslime.com. Uh, you can also tweet about the show. Uh, use the hashtag enemypodcast to uh, to write about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at the enemy slime. We're also on Facebook under the same name. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us good ratings. Just really whatever you want. You've got a lot of options here to show us how much you love us. And uh, I think that you should start doing that right now. After all the goodness, the after all the goodwill that we've given you, that your father and I have given you these 19 years, I can't believe that you can't even bother to subscribe to us on iTunes. It's pretty We're disgusting. Yeah. You're a terrible son, and <laughs> you've disappointed me in every way possible. Why can't you be like your older brother, Chuck? Yeah, yeah, Chuck would never not subscribe to us. <laughs> he wouldn't subscribe the first day. Disgrace to family. <laughs> so, hey, if you made it this far, thank you. We love you guys. And yes. uh, I think that's it, right? It should be it, because we are out. All right. Thanks for tuning in.